What is going on, you guys? My name is Justin, but you can call me Jay Swag. And welcome back to another episode of Sports Talk with Swag. Appreciate you stopping by, giving us a listen, tuning in. Uh, we are back at it again with the White Vans. Uh, we're here again with another episode of the hunt for the best sports city of all time. Today's matchup features uh, Philadelphia versus Washington, D.C. Um, <clears throat> and I figured, you know, last time we had Joe Caputo on, who was a great guest. Um, and every episode we've had one guest on. So I figured, you know what, let's step it up and let's have two guests on for this one. Uh, so I am very happy to be joined today by my good friends, Mike and Shaddy. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. I feel like a king. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I'm yeah. glad that you feel, uh, hopefully you're still feeling that way after talking about DC sports. Oh, well, I'm no, really... I, I don't think, yeah, I don't think that'll happen. But... Yeah. I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to be nice up. out of the gate, but. Real fired up. Yeah. Um, so this would be, this will be fun. This will be interesting. This is the first time I've ever had, um, <clears throat> two guests on the show. So this should be good. Um, they both will be handling the load of Washington DC, uh, as they are both natives to the Northern Virginia, Washington DC metro area. And I have the, uh, in my own opinion, very unlucky, uh, job of handling Philadelphia, which in my opinion, uh, it's one of the worst sports cities of all time, only because they're a heated rival with New York. Um, and I guess you could really just say every sports city. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough, but I actually have a, a little fun fact about that when we get to, uh, to football, but I'll save that for when we get there. Uh, so for those of you who have never listened to this series before or are unaware of how it works, basically... Um, you know, we each are representing a city and arguing why we think they're the best sports city of all time, at least in this case, between these two cities. Uh, we will go sport by sport, compare the two cities to each other, and then at the end, we'll kind of wrap it up, sum it all up, and decide who we think is better of the two. And that person will be moved on to the Elite Eight in this bracket. Um, so <clears throat> since you guys are the guests, it's tradition for the guests to choose whichever uh, sport they want to do first. So I'll let you guys kind of figure that out together, uh, which sport you want to cover first. What do you think, Shetty? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I feel like the, the sport, Justin, that uh, will get us up on, on the right foot, because I think both they're both pretty popular in both cities, is football. Mm. The, uh, the Washington R-words are... Uh, <laughs> our story team and uh i don't it, they're both in the same conference and same division so i think this is a good one to get us started off yeah absolutely um so think, i think that's fine you know i mean you know let's you know casting rocks and glass houses and all that but <laughs> you know philly fans they're known to be pretty I'll just say it. Pretty racist. You yep. Know? Yep. There you go. You can say it. Um, so, and, so uh, yeah. I mean, let's. Are we're we're diving in. We're just diving in. Go for it, man. All right. I mean, both both squads definitely have like a storied past. They have very um, 
well-established teams with pretty strong fan bases. You know, I mm. mean, is, is the Redskins are older. Am I correct in that? Uh, let's see. The Redskins, 37. 37, and the Eagles are 33. So they're pretty much the same. Ooh. Pretty close, yeah. And in this case, I'm going to go ahead and say Philly fans are probably not super proud of how they act during uh, any any football game, like any any real. Aren't they though? Oh, out of any playoff, <laughs> just kind of like stop. Shady, we're supposed to be helping our case. Oh, I mean, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> all right. Where well, did, uh, where do we? Where, how how long did you talk there, Shaddy, before I I fell out? Or after uh, I, fell out? I think we both fell out at the same time there, Mikey. Oh, you fell uh, out too? Yeah, we all did. Yeah. Well, what the hell? I don't yeah. know what happened there, but Shaddy, you basically were saying that uh, you said you didn't think that any uh, Eagles fan could be proud of how they act. I mean, yeah, and those <laughs> who are proud of how they act are probably part of the problem in that case. Like... Just thinking of that, is that is that a pro or a con for your sports city? I'm gonna go ahead and say that's a con for your sports city. Like if you if your police department has to spend time and money and resources greasing up street lights so that you won't <laughs> knock them over, like that is a guaranteed count against Philly fans for that. Like DC fans are still passionate, passionate in a way where as passionate as you can be in such a transient area like DC. Mm. But I would I would bet more money than I could ever make on the fact that they'll never have to grease up street lights <laughs> to prevent DC fans from knocking them down. So I'm going to go for con on, on fans right, right off the bat for Philly sports. <laughs> I think that's Philly fair. Football. I think that's very fair. <clears throat> I think it's uh, <laughs> definitely something that everyone in Philadelphia thinks it's a pro and everyone outside of Philadelphia right. thinks it's a con. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You know, and just going on like, let's go on the popular vote here. Um, <laughs> Popular vote, Philadelphia, whatever, what city of however many million um, versus the rest of the United States. I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and take the rest of the U.S. on that. Yeah, I would too. Um, yeah, it's funny. So in my research, I found <clears throat> an uh, interesting stat. So, well, the first part of it, which I, I mean, it's two different stats, but I found them both cool. So the Eagles have sold out every single home game since 1999, which I found. Impressive. Super impressive. Um, but then recently, Sports Illustrated did a poll of 321 NFL players, and Eagles fans were ranked as the most intimidating. Ah. And that's like coming from the NFL players, too, like not other right. fans. Like that's the players. Right. So Philadelphia, definitely the scariest place to play a football game, which obviously, as we've already covered, in this brief episode so far is a very scary place to play. <laughs> How recent is this data? Just that, my own fact checking abilities. I honestly, you know, it's from Wikipedia. I'll be honest. Oh. So I don't know how recent it is. To quote Michael Scott, Wikipedia is the greatest because anyone anywhere in the world can add anything. It's, it's true. And I like to believe it all. I think the people oh, yeah, of the I, internet. I wanted, to, um, I wanted to speak to that. I, I caught what you said about the DC area being sort of transient. And right. That's, that's kind of a, a con that a lot of people say about 
the DC area and our sports teams and our fan bases is that that right. they're they're out of towners and that kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, first off, I would say that pretty much any large metropolitan area is just going to have a lot of people like that. Like I, I feel like Philly has plenty of folks who live there who are not from sure. that area. Sure. Um, does DC have more? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think people equate the fact that it's like the capital and that there's like a lot of representatives from other states there. That <laughs> means that everybody's like transient. I I don't right. really see that. Like I, you know, growing up there, I know that like the surrounding areas in Maryland and in Virginia have devout fans who have been fans their entire lives. It's like passed down through generations of families and stuff. That's how I became a Redskins fan. Sure. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, I think, I think the Redskins in particular prove that, um, the idea of DC having a bunch of transient fans is, is kind of a fallacy because, um, they're not great. (laughs) They haven't been been good for like 20 something years, 30 years now, I guess. And uh, they still have one of the most expensive franchises in the NFL. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're still like selling selling out games all the time. Season ticket holders that have held their tickets for fifty years. You know, <laughs> I I just that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. No, I totally I totally agree. And I think like from a like transient doesn't necessarily, I wouldn't say necessarily like dispassionate i still think we have really transients it's like a bunch of hobo fans (laughs) (laughs) yeah we got a lot of hobo fans here in uh, dc no but we also like you know i wouldn't say that transient also equals dispassionate i think it's um that with with philadelphia there's like maybe four things to do all year in that city so like of course you're gonna have really dedicated sports fans but in dc there's just more stuff going on so Mm -hmm. like we have we can be interested in other things as well as uh, sports, so we don't feel the need to have to like you know go on riots anytime our team wins a game. You know, <laughs> so there, there's like I think there's a there's an element to DC sports where it's it's part of who we are. We definitely identify it. If you ask any sports fan in DC if they're passionate about their sports, they'll say yes. It's just like a different kind of passion. Yeah, I agree. Fair, fair enough. <clears throat> um, I mean, I think I think. That that's another argument that gets used a lot is like these these cities like like Detroit or Cleveland or Green Bay they're like these huge sports cities but it's because that's literally all they have yeah you know oh absolutely and and like I I get that but like I don't think it necessarily makes you a better sports city just because you live in a shitty place yeah just you know what i mean town has less to do <laughs> yeah. get a better sports town yeah yeah that's something that's um been brought up a couple times with some other episodes so like <clears throat> the last one we did was chicago versus san francisco and one thing we're talking about, especially with a place like Chicago, you know, like you're mentioning right. um, where, I mean, they definitely have a lot going on, but it's, you know, a, a very cold place. And, um, and so for them in, in that sense, though, for them to be turning out and selling out games for pretty much, uh, I mean, we were specifically talking about kind of like the Cubs um, and the Bears um, 
you know, it's pretty impressive and that definitely speaks a lot, but for other places, you know, like, uh, you know, Philadelphia, the weather is a lot nicer than that. Um, and so, you know, kind of like you're saying, well, I mean, Chicago in the winter is pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's worse, but yeah, Philadelphia has some pretty crap weather. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Um, but I think of all kind of like the big, uh, metropolitan area kind of cities. Um, I think DC definitely ranks higher up there in terms of fandom and passion. Um, you know, it's been brought up several times of, you know, for example, like LA, a place like that where almost all their fans seem pretty superficial. Um, and they have a lot going on and, you know, they'll show up to the game to be at the game and, you know, say that they were at the game and make that appearance. Um, but with right. DC, I definitely think it's different, and they they show up when they when they care. And that's one thing I will say. I mean, granted, again, I have slight bias being a a New York fan, but it does seem to me uh, to be that a lot of DC sports fans do come out of the woodwork when it comes to the postseason, um, and. There's definitely more fans show up when their team makes the playoff. And I'm not saying that's not the case for every other city because that's definitely uh, a thing. But I think, um, I mean, maybe it could also just be that with the history that Washington sports has, uh, there hasn't been much to get excited about when it comes to the postseason recently. So when they do make it to the postseason and make it, uh, pretty deep. It's it's a lot more exciting and more to be more to be proud of. Yeah, and I'll say specifically with football, like there really has not. I mean, the last big hope we had was like RG three, which was I think 2012, <laughs> which is <laughs> which now hearing that is just hilarious. Yeah, and 2012 was like a really long time ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> a surprisingly long time ago. So that R- because RG three was the last big hope. For uh, for Washington, I honestly thought watching in 2012, I saw like the uh, the NFL Rookie of the Year um, race, and two mm. of the three like last contenders was Alfred Morris and <laughs> RG3, and I just remember feeling so excited as a DC sports fan because it was like finally like we're on the cusp, and it kind of feels like after 2012, every year Redskins fans are insanely delusionally like. They, we believe our team is going to win. Absolutely. But ever since 2012, it feels like that has slowly started to taper off, especially with like mismanagement from Dan Snyder. Mm. Um, I think over time we've become more delusional, still passionate, passionate enough to like use our season tickets as a way to take a stand against the ownership as like, sure. you know, we're not going to support this kind of like mismanagement, Bruce Allen, like that kind of stuff. So I, I'll, I count that I count like declining attendance, not as a uh, or, or like only paying attention during the postseason, not as like a, a con just because we've been burned so much. And we're not really a huge fan of the management, sure. still a fan of the team, just not a fan of the management. So there's my like my, my punch for why I think it, it, it makes sense why DC sports fans pay so much more attention mm. during the postseason, because it's hard not to care when your team gets to that. Even even though we hate our uh, our ownership and what uh, and um, have been burned so badly in the past, mm. 
I mean, I see what you're saying there, Shady. Especially with last season for the Redskins with Alex Smith going down so yeah. terribly. Yeah. And, um, and then Colt McCoy I mean, and then Mark Sanchez. Of, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No. Oh, my gosh. I forgot we had Mark Sanchez as a quarterback. Yeah. Yep. We brought Mr. Buff home a little for like three snaps. Yeah. That's when you know it's getting bad. Um, but, I mean, it's, we, we were having a somewhat promising first half of the season, but then like our whole our whole offensive core got hurt. Like yeah. Alex Smith was just kind of like the cherry on top of that shit Sunday. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, when that happens, I mean, you're going to have a decline in – you know, people coming out to games. I, I still, I still believe though that the Redskins, like for lack of going to the playoffs, still have like a ton of fans, fan oh, base. Absolutely, out. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and and with with the draft that we had this year, I think those numbers are going to skyrocket. Mm. Yeah, I feel like they're really good like draft this year. Getting Haskins, getting Sweet. Um, th- those 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 picks got people really excited. Yeah, and um, I mean you're gonna see pe- you're gonna see a lot of the same stuff you saw in 2012. I think. Yeah, and we didn't have to trade away like three top three first round picks. Right. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure, I think it's definitely you know exciting times uh for for Redskins fans because um I said this before and. When we were talking a couple of weeks ago about it, I think the Redskins had one of the best drafts in recent years. Um, yes, just, absolutely. They used all their picks, I think, to perfection. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll see how it pans out. Uh, but on paper, you know, at this point, it looks great. And I was extremely jealous as a Giants fan of how good your team drafted compared to mine. Uh, <laughs> but we're not talking New York this week. We're talking Philly. Everybody else does it now. <laughs> About this quarterback? Uh, uh, I mean, only time will tell. Um, yeah, so it's it's hard to compare kind of fandoms and, and fans of cities, uh, you know, sports teams and whatnot. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, Eagles have sold out every single home game for the last 20 years, uh, which is definitely something that can't go unnoticed. Um, but I think it definitely does come with the caveat of those fans are uh, different and yeah. <laughs> uh, have a little extra oomph behind them that can definitely be be very scary uh, when you're at games. Um, it's definitely, I think, one of the uh, – how, how do I word this? I think of any like NFL stadium, if you were to wear – like oh the gosh. opponent's jersey in that stadium. That's definitely the biggest risk in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, like it's number two Seahawks, but yeah, definitely number one, like Philadelphia. Yeah, it could get brutal. Um, so just... And so on, on that point, though, of them selling out, home games, <clears throat> I don't know that there's a fan base that boos their own team more than the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, that's... The Phillies, maybe. Yeah. The Bills? The Phillies, I said. Oh, the Philly. oh, yeah, the Phillies. Yeah. Just another Philly team. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, what, what did it take, like, three games before Bryce Harper was booed? Like, that's not great yeah. as a fan base. 
Yeah. Uh, and we'll definitely, we'll get to that when we talk baseball. Um, cause that's just a whole other, whole other story. But, um, yeah. So with Philly, um, just some little, little stats to, to run down here. Um, let's see. So they have four titles to their name. Um, only one Super Bowl win though. Three, three of those four were, uh, before the NFL AFL merger. Um, 26 playoff appearances. Um, their regular season winning percentage is uh, like 48%. So, you know, not not bad, but not great. Um, they have a, a a winning playoff record, which is always good. Um, but, you know, they <clears throat> overall just like as an arc, I guess, like as a franchise, um, you know, they were pretty good like in the in the 40s um when they were kind of a first to franchise when there weren't that many teams like back in the AFL days um you know they won went to three consecutive uh AFL title games um but then kind of went pretty far down uh for a while there until like the late 70s um early 80s um well late 70s and then they dipped and then the late eighties, they came back up with that infamous kind of green, uh, gang green defense. Um, and you know, that, that was considered by a lot of people actually to be one of the best defensive teams, uh, in NFL history. Um, but then on the other side of the coin, we're one of the best to never win a championship. Um, and then, you know, the nineties saw a lot of great regular season records, but early playoff exits. Um, and then, you know, obviously had that kind of golden era of Andy Reed and Donovan McNabb and Brian Westbrook and Brian Dawkins, um, and Terrell Owens for a little bit there. Um, you know, going to the Super Bowl and losing to the Patriots and then kind of for most of the two thousands were pretty dismal. Um, up until recently with, you know, the up and down, career so far of Carson Wentz and his injuries, but then being saved year in and year out by Nick Foles um, and taking them to the Super Bowl and beating the Patriots uh, and then almost doing the same thing again last year. Um, but overall, just I think a team that, you know, is a storied franchise because they've been around for a while. And again, their fans bring a lot of attention to that team. Um, but I think honestly, when you look at this franchise as a whole, pretty mediocre, pretty middle of the road. Um, yeah. You know, so I think a lot of times, you know, fans like to talk their teams up. Um, but you, I, I feel like you honestly, up until, you know, two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl, you didn't hear much of that from, from Eagles fans. I think they were aware of how mediocre their team was. Well, they were aware that they had never won a Super Bowl era championship. Yeah. Um one of the last teams that should have won one by now mm. to not have done so. I, I think if, if we're going historically like you just did, mm. uh, the Redskins are are much better on, on that front. Mm. Um I mean the Redskins are you know DC's most successful team. I mean recently yeah. like in the past twenty years it hasn't been great but 
I mean, if we're talking 80s and 90s, Redskins were one of the most dominant teams in football. Yeah, absolutely. The Joe Gibbs years. Um, yeah, absolutely. And to piggyback off that, Mike, the reason why I would say that the Skins were, if we're comparing to just based on stats mm-hmm. or just based on football record, I mean, the reason why the Skins would be a better are, are a better uh, team than, than the Eagles just that the Skins were a dynasty at one point. Yeah. There was there were a few years where the Skins were the team to beat, and uh, the Eagles never had that. Yeah. Well, and if they no, did, they, they kind of just had a dynasty that couldn't make it happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they so. thought that they did have the opportunity. You know? Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, Redskins. Um, and Cowboys was like the biggest rivalry in sports for a long time. Oh, yeah. Right. And I mean, it's still big for us, not as much for the rest of the country anymore. But like, <laughs> right. um, you know, back then, that was everything. And uh, with, um, I mean, with the pre-Super Bowl championship stuff, too, I think we have, what was it, two? Yeah. Two pre-merger championships. I mean, we had. It was for a pretty short time, but I know we had Vince Lombardi as our coach for a little bit. Um, Counts. <laughs> yeah, for like a year or something. But he, he, I mean, in that short time, he really did help bring the Redskins up and make them, you know, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And they were pretty successful from then on. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that era of of uh, Joe Gibbs as, as his first go around as a coach. <laughs> mm. I mean, uh, they brought him in later with Snyder, and that was pretty tough. He still got us to the playoffs, I believe. But like in sequels are never as good as the original. I th- I'm pretty sure our last um, postseason win was in 2006, and that was with Joe Gibbs as coach. I think is that right? Wow, I think so. I mean, he's obviously a great he's, – he's a Hall of Fame coach. Um, but uh, you were talking about, like, you know, their defense was the gangrene, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on the other side of that coin, we had we had the Hogs. We had our offensive line yeah. that was, like, so well-known and such, such a force in the league. And, like, for fans of, of football to get – super excited about an offensive line i mean that takes a lot i feel i feel like that's a big <laughs> testament to like the the support of the fans in dc too because i mean honestly like who cares i mean <laughs> how you know you have a good offensive line is by not hearing about them you know sure yep but like I just yeah. dc went crazy for him and they you know we had like you know, all the merchandise, people wearing the pig noses, the games and stuff. It's just like, mm. man, if, if they can get behind that, they can get behind anything, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Just incredibly supportive of their team. Yeah. Here's a, here's a fun question because I just looked it up. Um, who who won a, a playoff game more recently, the Redskins or the Jets? Ooh. I want to say the Redskins. I think I might go with the Jets. The Jets won the 2010 AFC Divisional Round. Yeah, with Mark Sanchez, right? Skins, yeah, the Skins won the 2005 NFC Wild Card Round. Ooh, what 2005. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah, that was like the one year the Jets were good with Mark Sanchez. Right. They had like him and Darrell Revis. There still are like four. There's like six teams ahead of the Redskins needing to win a uh, 
like the Tam- Tampa Bay's last win was the Super Bowl. Was it, I was going to say, was great. it the Super Bowl? That's wow. Dude, the, ba- the Bengals haven't won since like 91 or something. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Good night. Yeah, it's been 20, it's 28, 28 seasons. That's yeah, tough. 1990. That was the year the Redskins won the Super Bowl, if I'm not incorrect. So. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, that was. I think that was like the last of the three Super Bowls. Yeah. For us. The Redskins. Yeah, because then the 49ers kind of took over. Yeah. In the 90s. Um. Wow, that's <clears throat> that's pretty crazy. Um. Yeah, I think something as well to kind of that needs to be kind of hit on here as well which i always try to make sure to to talk about uh with each city is to take the recency bias out of it and i think a lot of people when they kind of look at these two teams with the recency bias say i mean the eagles are a far better team than the redskins um because you know they just won the super bowl recently and they've Mm -hmm. had some success with carson wentz and nick Foles and all that stuff um and then those years like donovan McNabb in the mid 2000s but um really when you go before that it's kind of all redskins uh for a while right yeah so i have to agree there yeah jay swag yeah definitely always something to keep in mind and i will say the way the eagles won their most recent super bowl was super unsustainable it's like it's a super unsustainable model to keep winning your keep winning super bowls like your main quarterback getting hurt and then going on a magical run with a backup that was good four years ago is like really not the recipe you want no it it makes for a great story but that's about it it makes for exactly yeah exactly because that was definitely kind of a that was one i think one postseason that more people than just Philadelphia could get behind the Eagles. Uh, Especially going up against, against a dynasty like the Patriots. Yeah. It was I so mean, tough. Yeah. Playing against Tom Brady kind of seals it for them in, in that yeah. aspect. Yeah. That's the one time you'll get me to, to root for the Eagles. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I think between both of us, uh, between Eagles and Skins, I feel comfortable saying. Like I, I feel com- like reasonably comfortable saying the skins are definitely the better team, like definitely the better team as far as a from a sports city perspective. Yeah, I no, yeah, I agree. Um, I think when you look at the stats, you know, the Redskins have more wins, they have a higher win percentage, they have more um, playoff appearances, they have more championships. Um, but then outside of that, I think. You know, they, one thing also that we didn't really talk about, but one thing that the Redskins, like they've also, I, I mean, I, up, in, up until like last year with one small thing, they've had, they've had very limited uh, kind of like off field uh, controversies as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you have the overlying issue that will never go away of the team name. Um, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then obviously last year, I can't remember his name. But signing, um, oh yeah, that player. Oh, I can't remember his name. He got cut from the 49ers or something. And yeah, we picked him up. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, but outside man, of that, man, though, man. you know, not a lot of of you know controversial players or um, really bad you know ownership or management. I mean, you know, Shadow, you touched on of how the fans have definitely been upset with the management in front office of how they've handled kind of, you know, off season moves and, and drafts and whatnot. Yeah. 
But, yeah. you know, outside of that, there haven't been any issues of, you know, like the team going bankrupt or, um, no. you know, any like outside of the game issues with the front office or ownership. And again, with with players as well, which I think can't really be said for the Eagles. Oh, absolutely. And you think about, too, like um, the, uh, the the main the main concerns have always been like how they've handled like person like player personnel mm-hmm. um, or there's been some like drama within the the actual general management, like the whole Scott McLuhan and uh, Bruce uh, Allen kind of fighting back and forth. It, mm-hmm. it was just all very awkward. Like it wasn't it wasn't anything to make you feel like, oh, this uh, this team is doomed, but it just like kind of felt odd, like watching your friend's parents fight. Like you're not really <laughs> sure what to do. <laughs> yeah. uh that's so like, accurate. Uh, i really don't want to be involved in this like i kind of want to watch i kind of don't want to watch like, yeah i don't really know who's right i'm not i don't have enough background information here yeah. to say like i think you're right you're right <laughs> so yeah well yeah and i think you know with all that going on and, and with the with the name issue i think the fans no matter what are are there to support the team sure yeah. like I'm, I'm pretty sure there was a uh, some sort of poll going around like if they if the team changed their name, would you still come to games? Would you still support? And it was it was like ninety nine percent yes. Sure. Right. Like, it's 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 really that's Snyder's like problem. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll always support the players. Yeah. Yeah, because they support the team, not the team name. Um, yeah, they support yeah. the franchise. They don't support the racist name. Sure, and I think like a lot of you know the reason of why there has been such a controversy over the name, you know, part of it is because the fans care so much about the team and they want it to be viewed in a positive light and have, and, you know, a uplifting and not negative, uh, you know, racist kind of, uh, tag, you know, on it. Um, so I think it, you know, it's not just like of people being like, oh yeah, change the name because I hate this team and I want everything to change about it. It's like, no, just change the name because it's awful and we want to be able to proudly support this team and, you know, not have people be like, oh yeah, but the name, no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's an argument that people use when they have nothing else. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, well, yeah. well, at least we're not racist. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know. <laughs> and we, we, you know, we own up to that. Right. It's, it, it's but it's not something that we can control exactly yeah because it just falls again to just in the lap of ownership um and yeah them just yeah and it's tough because dan snyder's still like a relatively young dude and he's always said he's never wanted to trade like never ever wanted to sell the team he never ever wants to change the name so like <laughs> it's just it just feels so hopeless sitting mm. back as a skins fan just like i i'm part of me is really excited that uh mr bezos is coming in town <laughs> so i'm like praying that he just like makes an offer Snyder can't refuse and buy the team and calls them like the Amazon Warriors or something. <laughs> My God, they're gonna be playing at Prime Field or something. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. I am in like very interested though to see how how Bezos affects the DC sports market. Oh yeah. I, I think yeah. It's gonna be big man. I think he I I I can't say what specifically it'll do or if he's interested in any specific sport but um it's going to bring a lot of money to the area so you're going to see a lot more support and attendance and like more purchasing of season tickets for 
all kinds of stuff. Sure. I mean, yeah, you'll start seeing them at games. Like, it'll be like the uh, you'll see a bunch of Washington Post articles basically saying like, "Look at all the games Jeff Bezos is going to these days," <laughs> that kind of thing. And you know, I know, I know for a fact there are tapes of Dan Snyder saying something terrible. Like, there has to be. <laughs> so let please, please, whoever's listening, if you have those. <laughs> well you heard it here folks here first folks um <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure I'm not the only person sure there's a, a a person somewhere in in the rest of the organization just hold like there's a file on his laptop saying my last day you know oh yeah inside there there's a there's a file of dan snyder saying something awful and he's just waiting waiting till he quits waiting till retirement mm. That'll be the day. Snyder, he, Snyder's the kind of guy who would just own it, though. You know, he'd he'd go uh, he'd go Trump on it. You know, he <laughs> he just it, it would wash right off him because he's already labeled scumbag. You know, so mm-hmm. it's yeah. just it's going to be tough to. He's going to be around for a while. Yeah. Sorry to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, but the team's great, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, super great. <laughs> Um, let's move on. Let's, uh, let's transition to baseball, um, ah. bit of a sore spot yes, for man. both cities at this point. Um, yeah. so yeah. <clears throat> I'll kind of, honestly, I don't know who got the worst deal. Oh, uh, the Phillies definitely did. I mean, that's a lot of money. It's the way too much money. Listen, the Phillies, they paid him. His was three hundred thirty million dollars, correct? Yeah, yeah, and that's over thirteen years, and they have to give it to him all within that thirteen years, and that's one of the reasons that he didn't take the deal in uh, in Washington was because correct. they were going to pay him pretty close to that here. I think it was a three hundred mil that they offered. It was yeah, year. it was barely less. Yeah, but they but they wanted to pay out some of that once he retired and he didn't want that. He wanted to get all his money right away, Yep. which I understand, but like that's a lot to ask of a franchise that's trying to build a team that's trying to win championships, you know? And, sure. and, and Washington had just given a lot of money to Patrick Corbin. Um, and it's, it's just kind of unrealistic for us. And, and Philly threw all that money at him. That's going to hamstring them for the future. Oh, oh, absolutely. Totally. Yeah. And I think DC has had its uh had its uh, run-ins with giving players way too much money in the past. Um <laughs> yeah. and it's just, like really not working out. So I think we're pretty wary of that. Also, one thing I don't Well, I'll, I'll say the Nationals don't really have that problem as much no. as the Redskins do. The Nationals oh, have been pretty absolutely. good about building so- a solid franchise. I yeah, mean, sorry. how quickly I mean Redskins they... specifically. When, when, yeah. when I say DC, I mean Redskins <laughs> specifically. <laughs> and maybe the Wizards. Maybe the Wizards. Mm, yeah. yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but how quickly the Nationals went from, f- like, fledgling, um, yes. ex- yep. like, expansion team to to playoff contender. It was pretty Power impressive. Out. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I totally agree. When they really killed it with their drafting um oh absolutely you know because before all this bryce harper stuff was going on and the talk of him was steven strasberg um yeah yeah and two players that you know had a lot of hype and for the most part i would say lived up to it yeah 
Well, let's not forget our original golden boy, Ryan Zimmerman. Of oh, right, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was. He's the last holdout from the Expos. He was. Yeah, he was drafted that that last year that they were still in Montreal. Mm. And he, I mean, he's been a staple. He's he's Mister Walkoff. He's like he's our guy. Oh, yeah. 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 Um. So flipping over to the Phillies side of things, um, you know, before they made that big deal for. Bryce Harper, um, really for the past probably 10, hmm, eight to 10 years, they've kind of been in a rebuild mode. Um, you know, they won the world series in 2008 and they made it again in 2009, but lost to the Yankees. Um, but kind of after they lost that world series, everything kind of started to go downhill for them. And you know, losing a lot of players either to injuries or trading them away um, in bad deals or losing them in free agency. Um, and then, well, yeah, we got worth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, out of the aftermath of all that. Yeah. And so they lost pretty much the entire core of, of that team um, within probably two or three years and have been in pretty steady rebuild mode. Um, I can't remember. I mean, I ha- I didn't look at it specifically, but if they have made the playoffs in the past ten years, I don't think they've made it past the first round. Um, you know, they've definitely been bottom feeders of the NL East. Um, kind of, kind of traded places with the Nationals, really, when you think about it, because that was right. right about when the Nationals kind of started making their way up. Um, but you know, Phillies obviously one of the oldest franchises in the MLB, uh, one of the OGs founded in 1883. Um, so when you have triple digits in your franchise's existence, that's, there's something to be said for that. Um, and yeah, but only two World Series wins. No, uh, yeah, hundred some years, like only two wins. Really? <laughs> Absolutely, like that, that win ratio is awful. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I was gonna um, kind of hit on that of you know they really for the first close to a hundred years of their existence, really didn't do much um, until kind of the mid seventies when they had, um, you know, Steve Carlton, Mike Schmidt. um, And towards the end when they got Pete Rose at the tail end of his career. Um, But outside of that, you know, they had, they won their first world series in 1980 um, and then didn't go, you know, win again until 2008. um, And that's it. uh, Like you said, so took them, uh, what is that? 97 years to win their first world series. Um, and fun fact though. So <clears throat> game seven of that 1980 world series against the Royals is still, uh, the most watched world series game ever, um, at 54.9 million viewers. Um, wow. and just to put that into perspective, uh, the 2016 world series, uh, peaked at 22.8 million viewers. And that well, was, you know what they say, baby, was on its way up, so. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. I was, when I was, when I got that stat, I was kind of just looking, um, at the Nielsen ratings for the, you know, most recent world series and all of the, uh, lowest rated world series have all happened within like the past 10 to 15 years. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that certainly has to do with 
Yeah, and it's not like just blowing up. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really taken over the show here in America. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so on the other side of the coin, kind of like what I was saying, uh, nationals kind of in the past 10 or so years have kind of, uh, their trajectory has been, um, kind of opposite of the Phillies and they've kind of just been steadily going up. Um, they definitely, I'd say the past probably three years, um, I would say were considered, uh, you know, world series, uh, contenders. Um, you know, I think yeah. it was usually pretty much a given that they're going to make it to the playoffs um, and then had some disappointing early exits, but, you know, still, I think, put on a, a good show. I would have to, you know, Justin, I'm glad that you're arguing on behalf of Philly because you just, <laughs> you seem to, you seem to really appreciate our side of things. <laughs> I, I want to commend you for that. I try to be objective. Yeah, uh, I see. I see that. I see that. <laughs> the the Nationals, I mean, along with all the DC sports teams, have had their struggles with with getting through the playoffs. Mm. I I mean, our the amount of time we've been going at it hasn't been very long. I mean, if you want to talk about the Senators, um, they were pretty much crap <laughs> for their entire existence. Fair. Um, which is why I think the Senators became the Astros or something. They got moved. Yeah, they moved. And, then the, and the Expos were an expansion team and then got moved back down here. So they're not – so the team that we have now as the Nationals is not directly related to the old Nationals. But still, this – I mean, the Senators back in like – what was it, like 19 – 11 or something won the world series yeah it was pretty early on there some random win back when like freaking woodrow wilson was president <laughs> or something but i mean that's uh half of what philly has <laughs> yep <laughs> very true way less time yeah yeah absolutely but my point being is that like the nationals are still so new that i mean starting off as well as they have uh can only you know be a good sign for their future i think i think the the leadership of the nationals at least right now um or the management i should say um is is pretty good they have a pretty good head on their shoulders um mm. you know they we, we're struggling with our middle relief pitching but that's Really, the only major hole we have in our lineup right now. The team, the team is is on an upward trajectory. I think. I think. Yeah. We got a few things to solve, but in general, I you know, I'd have to say we're a better team than the Phillies. Well, let, let me ask you guys this: Do you think? I mean, you guys can't hit on it a little bit, but do you think you guys are better off moving forward without Bryce Harper? Yes, I certainly do. I think with Juan Soto and Victor Robles coming up, um, we've got that power in our lineup. They're hitting just as well, if not better, than Bryce Harper is. Bryce Harper had a bad season last year. He hit some home runs, but his batting average was terrible. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, he, he Bryce Harper 
has not been nearly the star that like Mike Trout has been. Right. I think my I think Mike Trout earned that money that he got. I don't think Bryce Harper really earned the money that he got. Mm. Um, you know, I think I think the the Nationals made the right move because we've got young talent that's that's got the skill that Bryce Harper had. Plus, you know, with that extra money that we're not paying Bryce, we've been able to bolster our bullpen. Yeah, yeah which was I, very I necessary. Percent agree. Yeah. yeah, I would 100 percent agree with that. Like, it's a it, baseball is, a, is one of those sports where one player really doesn't make the biggest difference. You need to have a strong Absolutely. core team. So by spending an insane amount of money on Bryce Harper, like yeah, it would have been nice to have kept him because he's a, he's a strong player. But even at 300 million dollars, that just feels like a lot for one player. And how baseball is the uh, it, there's so much, so much data and so much analytics around baseball. The uh, Phillies' WAR goes up like, or Bryce Harper's WAR is up, up by like 15 games. So is is 300 million dollars really worth 15 games to you? I don't think so. Mm. I think it's worth it. So you look at that investment there, and you look at the investment um, on, on the national side, and between the both of them, like yes, Philly is trending upward because you have Bryce Harper naturally, but on the national side by losing a major quote-unquote major asset and still staying like on an upward trajectory that shows to me that that organization has a good head on their shoulders they know what they're doing and they're drafting well all of those push me in the uh, in the direction that the national are, are a much better team i realize we're trying to take away recency bias but just because you've been around for a really long time doesn't necessarily mean and, and doesn't necessarily mean you're great right um and only winning two world series in 100 plus years is uh not a great look either yeah, and I think one stat as well, well said, that well said. <laughs> one thing that kind of sticks out to me as well is in the you know 140 years that the Phillies have been a, a franchise, they've only made 14 playoff appearances. That's so bad. Oh my gosh, that's so bad. Like that essentially averages out to one a decade, one every 10 years, and yeah. in like 70. 75 years just about uh for the nationals slash senators they have eight playoff appearances uh, so you know it's not a whole lot better but at the same yeah. time most of those have come since they relocated back to dc right right uh which i think says a lot um and i think that stat will way further in dc's favor you know 10 years from now um right when they have more playoff appearances than the phillies in way less time um right and you know you know naturally the phillies have a lot of awards that they've won but again it's just because they've been a franchise for so long that it's it's hard not to but again they also only have six MLB Hall of Famers and the oh my God. Nationals have four. So Yeah, and, and they'll have more. <laughs> for yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um so it's just one of those things where I think again, when you uh when you just hear the names, when you hear the Nationals and when you hear the Phillies, I think uh instinct is for people to just say the Phillies because they know them and they're a more storied franchise because they've been around for right. so long and they have those 
you know, that really recognizable font and logo. Um, and you know, they've, you know, they're in Philadelphia, but nationals, um, you know, have made, they've made a lot of ground up in the short amount of time, um, that they've been around. Yeah. And I'll also say like mascot wise, um, yeah, uh, that Philly gear yeah. is weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a, just like what a strange way, what a strange mascot to pick. So yeah, I'm going, uh, I'm going Nats on this one. I mean, obviously I'm <laughs> supposed to be arguing this side, but I'm going Nats just based on uh, if we are going on legacy, a legacy is, is something positive you leave behind. Like if you, if the Phillies ended tomorrow, like that franchise is considered a failure in my opinion. Because you did not, like, in two World Series in 140 years, like, you're not doing so hot. Whereas with the Nationals, I think there is a, there is a, 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 a possibility for, for consistent, um, consistent uh, playoff powerhouse, being a, a consistent play- playoff powerhouse mm. and uh, good um, drafting abilities and, and just a good, good management overall. So I'm going Nats on this one. I'm not supposed to be arguing the side, but yeah. <laughs> well, you picked I'm a good side. Shady. I mean, hey, I think. I think, you know, it's just it's going to take us a little bit of time to get over that playoff hump, you know, like it has taken a lot of BC sports teams. But I think we're going to get there. Yeah. And uh, I think it's going to be beautiful. I think the management is doing a really good job. I think um, the Nationals are great at knowing when to let go of players mm. and when, when to pick up players. I mean, Bryce Harper, I think, is a great example. But I also, I think another – really telling example is Jordan Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's, did he win the Cy Young? I think he won the Cy Young back in like 2015 or something. Mm. Um, he, he, he has one of uh, the nationals no hitters mm-hmm. uh, and he, he was great. He, I mean, he had a great year and everybody was expecting them to keep him, um, but they ended up training him to Detroit. Um, and nobody's heard from him since he's, he's, yeah, had that's a good point. A very mediocre career since we traded him. And, you know, I think it's a testament to the coaching and the uh, management of the team. I think they just mm. knew it was time to let him go. His best baseball was behind him. And, and if um, you look at, yeah, if you look at the, the, uh, the franchises that are known as being like well managed uh, right now, the, the one that comes to mind up until maybe this this season actually, or the Celtics, just like their ability <laughs> to turn players around and say like, okay, like turn players around into assets and continually build while still being good, like that is very close to the Nats' ability. I mean, look at um, uh, find the best example, but Isaiah Thomas, like he. The value they got back from the Celtics got back from Isaiah Thomas is kind of bananas. So to see how the Nats have been able to turn around players that are quote unquote in their prime and get valuable assets and continue to make good moves, that just shows like a, a solid organization. Like if I if I were a betting man, I would definitely put something on the Nationals winning a World Series before the Phillies. Mm. And that's... I think that's I think that's a sign that like that's a team that would be better. Taking away recency bias up until a point like. For me, if I'm if I'm betting money, I'm putting it on the Nats, and that, that just that organization's more solid. Mm. Yeah, I think I it's agree. yeah, it's something that I think a lot of people would have a hard time agreeing to, just simply because of Bryce Harper being on the Phillies now. 
Um, but like you kind of said at the beginning, um, it didn't take long for him to get booed in Philly. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, like seriously, I don't think it was more than 10 games. I mean, it really was so fast. Yeah. And I think that the, the odds were set at like over under a year. So <laughs> like the fact that it didn't even approach months at us, you know, yeah. um, is, is pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty, pretty rough for them. Um, yeah. Well, and I gotta tell you, man, I've, I'm so happy to not have to defend Bryce Harper. Anymore. Oh yeah, you know, as a Washington I fan, can imagine. You know, we're very supportive of our players, and it, you know, I had a tough time because the dude's a chotch. <laughs> He's just a, it's a clown question, a bro. Chotch. Yeah. And, yeah. And you know, it feels good to, you know, be outside of that now. And just oh yeah. We yeah, just tell it like it is. I can imagine. Yeah, because I I think Bryce has also had um, some issues, kind of with with chemistry with his teammates um, in Philly. Um, I know, kind of early on in the season, I think uh, Jake Arietta in a post game press conference was talking about how he was like, "I need my teammates to be giving their all. Like I'm doing everything I can. It doesn't seem like they're they're doing the same." Um, oh, that was after he got in a fight with the umpire. And yeah. Out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, see, yeah, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that distracts from his game, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and it, Bryce Harper wasn't even in the batter's box. Like, he was in the dugout. Yeah, came out. And decided that it was his place to come out of the dugout, onto the field, and start yelling at the umpire. <laughs> over his I, think that's a, I think that's a PR move on Bryce Harper's part, by the way. That was a bad like, one, though. Yeah, but how do you get Philly fans to love you? It's like do what they would have done. Get kicked know, out. If they were on, the, if, if they were in the dugout, like that's exactly what any Philly fan would have done. <laughs> so for me, I feel like okay, that's kind of the PR move for Bryce Harper. But the guy's like such a like he's such a weasel. So I, I don't know. I'm not a. I, I'm. I loved having him on the team when he was there. When he was there, but now that he's gone, I mean, thank goodness. Time to leave, and I yeah, I think I, yeah. yeah. We we can't you can't deny that like Bryce helped make the Nationals what they are. Oh, sure. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and, you know, him winning the home run derby last year. That was us, special. With us hosting, yeah, the All-Star That's Weekend cool. and everything. Cool that, was, that was pretty great. Another another great testament to But, uh, you know, even, yeah, it felt great. Yeah. But it even felt kind of empty, man. I don't know, like, because he won it, and then my my first reaction was like, "Oh, that's awesome! Like, we never get stuff like this." You know, I was like so excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my, my you know, as, but at the same time, after it happened, just like it, maybe ten seconds later, I'm thinking, I don't think he's gonna be wearing that uniform anymore. Like, right. Just, I mean, it was all a mix yeah. of rumors of where is he going next. Right. Yeah, it yeah. just felt kind of empty. I mean, I'm really glad we we never we never get the good things. So it was nice to see that happen. <laughs> Um, I got I I know this is bad podcasting manners, but I gotta head out in just a second. I do want to say the only sport I really would want to talk about outside of this is uh is basketball. Um, well, let's Wizards hit it real quick because I'm I'm gonna need you to uh, defend that one more because that that's my weakest sport. So I'm here for it. Just lay it on the line for us real quick, Shaddy. Yeah, give us your your elevator pitch for the Wizards. My elevator pitch for the Wizards. Um, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was, uh, I was actually just going to talk a little bit more about how 
if you want to bet on any team to win in the next 50 years, let me tell you about my wizard. Like this is <laughs> this is the team you want to bet on. 50 years. That's a pretty generous window. I know. I know. It's it's not great. But um, I think of, of any team with with a fan base that has the potential to grow as much as they do, um, and just any fan base that's as delusional as the Wizards are. <laughs> like I look at how good uh, the Seventy Sixers are, and I still don't think the Seventy Sixers fans trust them. You know, like no. there is this sense of I don't know about this team still. I still don't know about this team. Um, but with the Wizards, every year it feels like somebody on the Wizards, like it always feels like this is the year they're going to win the East. And it never happens. It won't for a little bit. Yep. But the, I think the difference between those two, that fan base is uber passionate. Um, I like the, the way that they have been in handling the team has been pretty bad, I think, under Ernie Grenfield, but he's out. Yep. So that is trending upward. And I will say, like, Philly missed its chance, you know. Everyone, everyone was like, trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. The process, in a way, like I'm looking back at these draft picks, like what who they picked up. I mean, you really whiffed on picking Markel Fultz over Jason Tatum. Like you really whiffed on that. Um, Ben Simmons isn't a bust, but he's nowhere near as good as you thought he was going to be. I mean, nowhere near as good as you thought he was going to be. And uh, you look at Joel Embiid as well. Like he's he's a fantastic player, but like. Really, of the three, uh, of trusting the process, of the three picks you had, you got one winner, one complete loser, and one mediocre player. So for me, like that is a, a franchise that has been completely mishandled as, as bad, if not worse, than the Wizards because the Philly fan, like 76 fans had so much hope. Like this was the team that was supposed to win it all. Mm. And they could, they could barely, like really, they could barely get in through the playoffs. So, um, my my elevator pitch for the Wizards over the 76ers is both teams have been horribly mismanaged. You cannot argue outside of that. Sure. I think between the two of them, if I were if I were a, a, a Philadelphia fan, I'd be way more upset because this was the this was the promised team. This was the team that was supposed to take you to the end, sure. and instead you guys whiffed on on uh, two of three picks. Mm. Well, alrighty. There it is. Chatty there, Sabaz. Elevator pitch, elevator pitch for be, the Washington Wizards. If you want to be let down less, take the Wizards. Because there's no, like, <laughs> those, those two teams, like, there's no real winning between the both of them. You know, 76ers, you kind of have, like, an okay season. You have a good season. But you're never going to be able to get past the play and get past each other in the playoffs. So there's, mm. my, there's my pitch for you. You'll be let down less as a Wizards fan. Also, we have a 9% chance tonight of getting the uh, – the number one pick, so naturally, it's definitely right, going to happen. There's still a chance. Oh no, it's definitely it, it might as well be a hundred percent chance. Like it's definitely going to happen. We're getting Zion, baby. We're going all the way. Also, has there been a more dynamic player in the league since Gilbert Arenas? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you bring a gun into the locker room, <laughs> it's about as dynamic as it gets. All right. Well, Shaddy, I appreciate your time here um, and stopping by to give us your thoughts on Washington. Um, we will we will continue on without you and hope that uh, Mike can can carry the load for you the rest of the way. 
DC I'm gonna try to go to the next round, guys. I got <laughs> way more stats I can pull out. I'm ready. Feel yeah. free to text me while you're tucking clearing for good night. You know, just whatever you gotta do, but <laughs> Oh uh for 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 what it's worth, I asked Claire if uh if she thought DC was a good sports team. And uh, she she still hasn't given me an answer. So <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Jerry's still out. Yeah. Hi right, guys, Justin. Thanks for so much for having me on. It's a it's been a dream of mine ever since uh, ever since you asked me a few days ago. So this is uh, <laughs> this is really exciting. Making dreams come true. Thanks, buddy. All right, buddy. Take care. See you, bud. Yeah. All right. Now Ooh. let's see. All right, you're still here, right? I'm here, man. Technology, amazing. Um, <laughs> so I guess we'll just kind of finish out basketball here since we were kind of already on the topic. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll help you out with, with Washington as well because basketball is definitely my strong suit. Um, that's, that's your thing, man. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's my – I'm, I'm a fan of all DC sports, Justin, but I don't follow the Wizards very close. And I feel like that is uh, – just a, uh, oh, what's the word? I can't think of it, but that is just a Wizards fan, I think, to a T of, you know, <laughs> I follow them, but not really, um, because at this point, there's just really not much to get excited about. Um, you know, yeah, they've had some, they've had some good, some good years. They've had some pretty bad years. Um, they, have had some good drafts, you know, in getting John Wall and Bradley Beal, but they've had some bad drafts um, with, you know, Otto Porter and other players like that. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, I think Shaddy kind of nailed it with the Wizards are just a team that has been atrociously managed. Um, and I think a lot of Wizards fans, um, and honestly, just NBA fans in general, uh, we're excited to see Ernie Grunfeld uh, given the boot out of, um, you know, taking control of that team. So we'll see how the new ownership team does and how the new front office, uh, you know, handles pretty kind of the debacle of John Wall's contract <laughs> of paying him, you know, just way too much money. Um that's an absurd amount. Yeah. And, and then he goes and tears his Achilles or whatever, like walking to his house. Yep. Slipping on, a, uh, slipping on a stair, I think it was. My uh, God. Yeah. yeah. Taking yourself up for the year at home in, in that kind of a way. Uh, you know, there, there's two reactions I think that people had to that was either A, oh my God, you're an idiot. How do you fall at home and rupture your Achilles? Or B, um, that's not what really happened. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I don't know if we'll ever know what the, if that's true or not, but at the end of the day, he tore his Achilles, not playing basketball. Um, and you know, made over $30 million this year, uh, sitting at home. So definitely, I think a crossroads for the wizards of trying to decide what to do with him and what to do with Bradley Beal. Um, and kind of the, the future of that franchise. Um, but on the other, on the other side of it, um, with the 76ers, um, you know, with most recently as Shaddy kind of hit on with the whole trust the process kind of era in, 
Um, you know, not going after big free agents and kind of just sticking with their draft picks and doing what they can kind of with their developmental system. Um, you know, definitely seems to be heading in the right direction. Um, you know, with Joel Embiid really coming into his own and looking like a great player, um, as long as he can stay healthy. Um, and then, you know, Ben Simmons had a great rookie season last year and won rookie of the year, but then kind of evened out, uh, this year and was, you know, like a lot of people have been saying pretty mediocre, especially when it came to the playoffs, um, kind of disappeared. Uh, but then they made some pretty big, uh, acquisitions this year in, um, trading for Jimmy Butler, as well as Tobias Harris at the deadline, uh, two huge moves that I'd say pretty much split, uh, 76ers fans of some were really happy and they're finally getting some big free agents and big names to really, you know, kind of put them over the hump. But a lot of other people thought that kind of, uh, ended, the process um, because the whole thing with the process was trusting your young guys and kind of raising them up and, you know, kind of the idea of promoting from within. Uh, but then Elton brand came in as GM and basically went for the outside hire and brought in those two guys. And obviously, you know, just were eliminated from the second round of the playoffs um, by the Toronto Raptors in seven games. But uh, taking out the recency bias, just on the whole, um, I think it's hard to argue against the 76ers as a franchise. Um, not only in just being one of the most storied franchises, um, but you know they have the numbers to back it up. They have four, four titles, uh, 46 playoff appearances, a 54% uh, regular season win percentage. Um, they have a winning record in the playoffs. Um, you know, they've had some really big names come through. Um, obviously, the biggest being Wilt Chamberlain, um, but then also having names like Julius Irving, Moses Malone, Allen Iverson, um, guys like that on the team. Um, compared to the, uh, the Wizards, who won title to their, to their name, um, and that came uh, when they were known as the Bullets. Um, and, you know, a 45% win percentage in the regular season, losing record uh, in the playoffs. Um, and could argue the biggest name that they have had is Michael Jordan, and that was when he was 38 years old. Um, so, you know, they obviously have had players like Gilbert Arenas and John Wall um, come through that team as well. But they have just kind of been a team that can't really figure it out, I feel like, for the most the last 30 40 years i mean they won that title in the 70s um and they kind of fell off since then it's just kind of been a team that's been so flooded in mediocrity um and i don't know if if you can speak at all to kind of the fan base uh being from that area and and how they're kind of viewed down there yeah, man. I mean, I think you nailed it. I think, um, I, th- I, th- I think it, it, you'd be hard pressed to argue against the 76ers. I think Shaddy <laughs> made a valiant effort, there, but, uh, ultimately the wizards are always going to fall short because, um, li- like you said before, um, 
a lot of people are passive fans of the Wizards just because there isn't much to get excited for. Um, they're, they're handled poorly. They don't have a great record. And I mean, the game, the games are fun. Um, but a lot of times people are going there to see who they're playing and not see them play. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that's just, you know, that's, the last Wizards game that I went to was when Michael Jordan was playing on the team. Wow. So that speaks to at least my fanhood of the Wizards. But, um, wow. They, you know, they're, I, I, they're one of the DC teams that, um, you know, has support, but it's, it's, it's not as fervent as the other teams. Sure. Yeah, definitely. And I, I mean, I would argue pretty much every other team in DC has a pretty strong fan presence. Um, Absolutely. Well, we can just segue that right into hockey and talking about the caps. Cause I think of any team in DC, I think the caps have the biggest and rowdiest fan base of them all. Would you agree? I would have to agree with you, Justin. I mean, when, when, the fans are rocking the red in the Verizon Center. Or I don't know if it's called the Verizon Center anymore or not. Um, when when they're rocking the red and when they're getting rowdy and blowing the horns, the boozoas and stuff, it is just it is wild. I yeah. mean, and it is constant throughout the entire game. Mm. Like you, you're exhausted after a Caps game because you're just screaming your head off the whole time. Like mm. it doesn't matter who they're playing. Uh, like the last game I went to um, was last year. Saw them play the Coyotes. Like, <laughs> cares? <laughs> but like, it's just, uh, yeah. I, I think I think the Cavs have um, some of the best fans in the NHL. Yeah, um, and definitely I think uh, it's probably the most raucous fan group of any of the uh Washington teams. Absolutely. I I would have to agree with you there. Um cuz I can definitely say as a non-DC sports fan, I would consider the Caps fans to be some of the most annoying sports fans. <laughs> but that's just because they are so such fervent and passionate fans. Um, that have supported their team through thick and thin and through disappointment after disappointment to finally having that sweet, sweet taste of victory and uh, in, in winning the Stanley Cup last year, um, which, again, was another one of those situations where I couldn't help but feel a little... Uh, I can't say sympathy, but I felt a little good for for the Caps, but more for the Caps fans because it's just been brutal, I think, to see so... I mean, I can't remember the last time the Caps didn't make the playoffs. Um, Oh, my God. I mean, we've made the playoffs year after year. I mean, years when we won the President's Cup, like having the best record in all of hockey and then just getting kicked out in in the second round, just like against teams that we should have been beating, you know? Mm. <clears throat> um, I mean, another testament to the Capitals fans is, like, we're we're so hard to beat at home. 
Mm. Um, and for that, for that reason, the crazy fans, and it's just um, such a home ice advantage for us. But that, I mean, you saw that this year. Like we won every game at home, but we could not beat the Hurricanes, who <laughs> were a wild card team that like got hot at the end of the season. But should, you know, yeah. we should we should have beat them. Yeah, and and that's that's an old familiar feeling of of having our struggles in the playoffs. But mm. last year, it was something beautiful, Justin. It was. <laughs> And no, no player deserved a mm. Stanley Cup more than Alex Ovechkin. I have to full on agree with you there. That is, I mean, hundred percent true. He's he's one of the best to ever play. Yep. Uh, he's been playing for over a decade with the same team. He's he's a fierce competitor. He's a loyal player, um, and you could just see from the way that they all celebrated. Mm. After winning that cup, I mean, they wanted it, and I think, oh yeah, I think them beating the Vegas Knights was like a perfect like. Here's a team that was literally established that year. Yeah, you want you want to talk about a transient fan base? <laughs> Vegas has no natives, <laughs> um, and they're just you know it's just another show for them, right? Yeah, like yep. You you could go to the Vegas Strip and watch some magic shows, or you could go to a hockey game in the desert. Yep. And um, you know, for a team that's had such struggles for so long mm. to come and beat basically the antithesis of what they are, I think that was that was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was poetic justice, really. Um, yeah. Sweet, sweet victory. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so moving over to 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 Philly with the Flyers, um, they were um, they were the first expansion team to win the Stanley Cup, which is fun little fun fact. Um, and they actually, so when you look at them as a their franchise as an entirety, um, their all time points percentage is the third best behind. Uh, Vegas and Montreal. And so really I think of it as second because obviously Vegas is going to be up there because they've had one season and they made it to the Stanley Cup that year. Um, So basically second to the Montreal Canadiens who are, you know, widely considered one of the best franchises of, if not the best franchise of all time. um, It's been a while for them, but yeah. It has been a while, but they... The history of that team is pretty hard to Yeah. Um, and, uh, what else flyers have the most appearances in the conference finals of any expansion team and their second in playoff appearances of any expansion team. Um, and expansion team basically being any team that's not in the original six. Um, they, so they've won two Stanley cups, which, um, you know, only one more than, the capitals um which with with a team with a franchise like the flyers i was expecting uh more because i think there's such a a household name when it comes to hockey um you know you think of like the the rangers the um 
Blackhawks, the Red Wings, the Flyers, um, I think are all pretty household names. And then you have like the, the kind of unheard of names, you know, like you're saying, like, with like the Coyotes and the, the Panthers. And, yeah. And the Hurricanes yeah. and the Stars. Um, yeah. So definitely one of the more uh, well-known teams, but for, for all of that kind of history that they have, um, of being one of the first expansion teams, you know, only, only two titles to their name. Um, but you know, they have gone to the Stanley cup, uh, finals a bunch. Uh, I think they've been like eight or nine times. Um, but you know, they, they kind of have had good regular season teams that have kind of similar to the capitals, not been able to convert in the postseason. They've you know, made the Stanley Cup a lot, but have lost most times that they've been. Uh, so they've made it a little further than, than the Capitals. Um, but, you know, they, they went on um, in the kind of end of the 90s, early 2000s. They made the playoffs 10 out of 11 years um, and made the Stanley Cup in there, I think, twice, but lost both times and could never really make it out of the second or third round. Um, so pretty similar really to, to the Capitals um, as an overall arc. Really the sole difference being that they have one more Stanley Cup than them. Um, and that came back in 1975 when they won back-to-back uh, Stanley Cups. But I don't know. I just think it's interesting um, when you – Look at, you know, both franchises recently. I think you would definitely say that the Capitals have the edge on the Flyers um, just with this run that they're still on of making the playoffs every year and making it pretty deep in the playoffs. Um, And really, in most of the 2010s, the Flyers have uh, not really made the playoffs. And if they have, I think they've made a first-round exit. Um, And then when you kind of go before that, really not much difference between the two, uh, the two teams. Yeah. Um, the, I know Philly, excuse me, the Flyers, they kind of, for a while there kind of embodied that Philly mentality. They were, they're kind of like the bullies of the NHL. <laughs> um, just like a team of enforcers, mm. you know, usually you've got like one or two guys, are out there protecting their best player, but Philly became a team of bullies. Like it was mm. their they they used intimidation to to win games. Mm. Um, which I mean, you know, it it worked for them for a little while, um, but it, it it kind of, in my opinion, sullied the game a little bit. I mean, fighting is obviously a big part of hockey. Sure. To just play dirty and to make fighting what it's about instead of making it about yeah hockey yeah um it's you know it's it's just it takes away from the game I think um I mean I I will always defend fighting in hockey (laughs) um I think it's a pretty it's 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 a topic of discussion. But um, I th- I think it's one of the things that makes hockey really great, and I think it's one of the things that people love to watch. Sure. Um, oh, yeah, I agree. 
and it's it's one of the few arenas in our society where that's still kind of acceptable. Mm. Um, I mean, outside of actually like <laughs> like UFC and stuff. Right, right. Um, but you know, I think it's I think it's a cool and unique part of the game. Um, you know, as long as it's one guy on another guy that they'll let them just kind of sell it out. And, you know, it, it, it can totally, uh, you know, change the tide of the game mm-hmm. depending on, and it, it can backfire too. I mean, when Ovechkin laid out that kid on the hurricanes, Oh uh, yeah. We, up, we, I mean, he knocked that kid out. Uh, and <laughs> was ended up, it was rough. It was, it was rough to watch as a Capitals fan at like, mm. um, but that, I mean, that really fired up the Hurricanes after that, and I, they whooped our ass like five to zero in that game. Yeah. So, bunch of jerks. I mean, it can go both ways, but I mean, with the success that came with, um, the intense, like, rough style of play that the Phil, the um, the Flyers took on, um, I think it kind of, it took away from the actual skill of the game that they were playing and it's just mm. uh, something that I think would separate the Capitals from the Phillies at least in that time period mm. um, but you know I mean I, that was kind of the the time of like Rod Langway and stuff and we had we had some big players back then too yeah um, obviously we haven't we hadn't had the ultimate success until recently but Right, right. Like you said, like we've consistently had like, you know, good seasons here and there, and um, have produced um, Hall of Fame level talent. Absolutely. Um, I mean, when I when I was first getting into hockey, it was all about Ole Kolzig and uh, um, Yammer Yager was on the team when I first started watching. And oh wow! So he, <laughs> I mean, Yager's been on every team pretty much. <laughs> playing well into his 40s oh yeah so uh but as far as like fan bases go i think i mean i think we have just as fervent of a fan base but again it's it's more positive it's more um Mm. in support of our own team yeah as as opposed to philly which you know generally is is what philly is yeah and um i think the effect that Washington has on um, visiting teams is just as effective as uh, what what they have in Philly, if not more. Hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. And that's without being shitty. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, obviously we're painting with a, a broad stroke here, but at the end of the day, you know, Philly does have this reputation of having kind of crappy fan bases and, a, you know, a bunch of jerks um, who, you know, support their team, but at the same time will trash their team um, just for the smallest of mistakes. Um, and while, you know, not every fan is like that, that is the reputation they have. And they have that reputation for a reason because a vast majority of their fans for a majority of their existence have acted that way. Um, and it's, 
impossible to ignore uh, when you're playing in Philly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we both also now moving on. Um, we both have a soccer team in our cities. Um, and I will just cover the Philadelphia Union real quick because there's not much to talk about with them. Dude, um, go ahead. I can defend DC United all day. Yeah. And well, and there's more to defend there too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so the Union, um, one of the more recent expansion teams founded in 2008, um, but they didn't start playing, I think, in 20, until 2010. Um, they have three playoff appearances in there. Um, they have not, they have yet to win a playoff game. Um, so they have, you know, obviously no MLS cups to their name. Um, a pretty not great record, um, overall in the regular season. Um, and they haven't had too many big name players come through, uh, which, you know, isn't technically a strike against them because the MLS is in charge of where, uh, the international big name players go. Um, and unfortunately Philadelphia just hasn't really had their, um, hasn't really struck gold yet with that, but yeah, there's honestly really not much to defend here for the, for the union, especially when they're going up against a team like, like DC United who have a lot more of a storied, uh, history. So I will not waste any more time and let you just dive right into that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, I believe DC United is one of the original MLS teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, was it four MLS cups? Four, yeah. Um, you know, we, <clears throat> we, we've always had a pretty good team, whether or not like we've won a cup. Um, yeah. And uh, we, we have a very uh, passionate fan base. Um, we've, we recently got a new stadium for the team. Oh, that's um, right. It's is huge. Uh, or the, the stadium's not huge. It's huge for the team to get a new stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Audi Stadium, it's, it's really awesome, actually, because before they were playing in RFK, the old Redskins Stadium, which is an absolute shithole. <laughs> um, and it just didn't really fit the team, because even though they have like a fair amount of fans, they they couldn't fill. I mean, it's like a sixty thousand seat. Yeah, I mean, I think the Sounders are probably correctly. the only team that can do that. Yeah, the Sounders and I think Atlanta. Yeah, also well, yeah. Does does that? But um, you know the the fan section, like the the fan club, the Screaming Eagles for DC United, are absolutely raucous like, mm. throughout the entire game. Um, they, they, um, the stadium or the, yeah, the stadium allows them to bring a drum in. So they're just, they're like banging on it, um, constantly, uh, like a full bass drum mm. and, um, you know, like chants going on all the time. Every time they score, they shoot off these huge, like smoke bombs and stuff. Um, it's, it's kind of wild like after the game, they'll just be doing circles around the stadium, banging on the drum, like collecting this huge group of fans just parading around the stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's a blast to just be a part of that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, we're one of the teams that have brought um, 
you know, famous foreign, for, foreign players over. We've got uh, Wayne Rooney on the team now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's been really exciting for a lot of the fans. Um, you know, because he's, I mean, he's still a great soccer player. I, right. I think the, the whole, you know, play, you know, uh, Premier League guys retiring to the MLS. Uh, I think it's honestly really good for U.S. soccer. Absolutely, um, it's bringing a ton of fans. It's bringing in more money, um, and it's it's bringing up the level of competition. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I'm glad to see DC United being a part of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know we're we're contenders right now. Um, we've got. Uh, aside from Rooney, we've got other players like uh, Diego Costa and uh, uh, Ariola, mm. who is a U.S. men's national team player. Um, you know, we've we've got a good team, and we've got you know a great fan base. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think I think the city, uh, you know, is in good in good support of the team you know building a new stadium was great because it's like the right size um you know it's updated and it it reflects the fan base really well there's a lot of international food um and like we've got the vamos a united slogan like mm. it's um <clears throat> it's you know it's it's just a it's a great team as far as mls goes i think it's one of the more supported teams yeah I mean, definitely. obviously it's hard to go up against like <clears throat> sounders filling out stadium and stuff but sure yeah for, for a city that has a team in every single major sport the amount of uh support that dc united gets is pretty impressive absolutely and i'll say uh from experience um i i used to work for the new york red bulls um who are another mls team and anytime the uh the DC United came through and played up in New Jersey uh they brought a lot of fans with them and they you know even at you know the red outside of Red Bull Stadium they had their fans in their with their drums and their chants outside and and having their little march um outside the stadium so they're a very a very proud fan base um that really supports that team um and i think when you just look at the franchise as a whole definitely i think one of the premier mls teams um you know when you think of the mls i think you think of the sounders the galaxy um united um yeah, yeah. so i think they're they're for sure up there with um with those guys um and you know with four mls cups of their name they then they're up there um, as one of the uh, winningest when it comes to championships um, yeah. teams in the MLS. Um, and like you said, you know, being one of the original MLS teams, um, you know, there's definitely something to speak for that as well. Cause there's, um, you know, been some teams who have folded since um, and there's been a lot of more expansion teams, but DC has, has stayed strong and um, you know, really, uh, stood their ground. Um, so I think this is a, a pretty, pretty big no contest here when it comes to the MLS teams, um, in favor of, of DC United. Um, and then just real quick, I'll, I'll hit on this. Um, 
the uh, that's all the sports teams, the teams for Philly. But DC has a WNBA team, uh, the, Ooh, the Washington, Mystics. yeah, the Mystics, um, who were founded in '98, um, and they pretty uh, pretty similar track record to the Wizards, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, yep. No titles to their name. They do have a conference title. Um, and 11 playoff appearances, which is not too bad, but their regular season record is pretty bad, um, pretty close to 40% winning, um, and they haven't done well in the playoffs, winning just over 30% of those games. Um, so, you know, it's always hard when it comes to the WNBA teams just because the WNBA hasn't really been around for that long, um, and the teams that have been good have been good the entire time and the teams that have been bad have been pretty bad for majority of the time. So unless you're the sparks or links or, um, Oh gosh, what is Seattle's team? I can't think of it right now. Um, the storm, um, unless you're one of those kind of three or four teams, you know, not much to talk about <laughs> as a WNBA team because they've kind of had a <laughs> stranglehold. Um, but so real quick here. Uh, so wrapping up, I have just some, some overall total statistics uh, for each city. Um, Philadelphia has 12 championships, um, a 46.3% overall regular season winning percentage, and they have 43 Hall of Famers spanning all of their teams compared to DC who has 11 championships, um, a 45.4% regular season winning percentage and 27, uh, hall of famers overall. Um, and you know, that's just there, uh, for the, for the numbers guys, for the people who like to look at the stats. Um, because while I definitely think stats do play a, a obviously a big role, um, in, you know, deciding which team moves on. I think, you know, the, the fans and the support along with, um, off, off field controversies and issues and ownership and management, um, played just as big of a role, um, in making a sports city great. Um, so with all that being said, Mike, do you have your final vote for who moves on in this matchup? (laughs) Justin, I mean, it's, it's it's capital all the way, man. It's it's Washington D.C. Right. I, you know, I think ultimately choosing the greatest sports city is 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 going to come down to the the fan bases. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can talk about titles, you can talk about um, management and all of that, but ultimately, what makes a great sports city is the support, is the fan base. Sure. Um, and I think. I think Washington is, is hard to beat on that front. Um, I mean, obviously you can argue for like Boston and New York and, and places like that. But, um, you know, as far as like a city having a big team in every single sport and having pretty equal support of all those teams, uh, you know, that it's, it's hard to do. Um, yeah. You know, you've got, you've got cities like St. Louis, which is like clearly a baseball city. Like Green Bay, which is all about football, but mm-hmm. like DC is all about everything. Yeah, that's very and, true. Um, you know, I think it's a big testament to 
how much the city just loves sports in general. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, having sports fever is, is, is something that DC does really well. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think when you kind of look at it as an overall, uh, in just support for the teams, I think DC and Philadelphia are fairly even, but it's just, when you look at the Philadelphia fans, they just, they, it just seems that with every team that they kind of take it too far, um, in kind of every, every aspect of that, um, whether it be taking their taunts too far, um, whether it be taking their, um, criticisms of their own teams and players too far, whether it be, you know, the rivalries with other fans taking that too far. Um, you know, it just seems in, in most of those areas that Philadelphia kind of just pushes the envelope a little too much. Um, especially when you're comparing it to, to DC where again, there's really not many, uh, controversies or issues that come up. Um, and you know, DC has never been a place where it's, you know, um, where it's a hard place to play in a negative way. You know, it's, it's a hard place to play because the, the fans are so supportive of their team and they, you know, a lot of the teams in DC play so well at home, but it's not because the players or fans are scared of getting hit by a beer can or <laughs> being called a yeah. racial slur. Um, right. Which I think, you know, really can't go unnoticed and needs to be considered in this. Um, and is why um, DC is getting my vote as well to, to move on. Um, it's, you know, it's hard to look past those fans. Like you said, you know, we can look at stats all day and compare the deepest of numbers um, between these two cities. But the, the support that Washington <clears throat> fans have for their teams through through the ups and downs and the thick and thin that they, they put their fans through year in and year out. Um, they still show up and they still root for their teams. Um, <clears throat> and they do it in a fair and considerate way. Um, and you know, they, it's not like their teams are bad. You know, they, they have a lot of numbers to back it up. Um, they're all kind of storied franchises and have, um, you know, histories to, to all of them, uh, which can't, can't go overlooked. So, my uh my my vote is is going towards DC um but it's lovely to hear I uh, I'm sure it's music to your ears um and it's not hard for me to choose against Philly because again being a New York fan you know it was a I begrudgingly had to defend Philadelphia um but all that being said um we are not the the final vote here uh all you dear listeners have an opportunity to make your voices heard and to vote as well. Um, so make sure you hit up all the social media pages um, to to vote in the polls. There's going to be a poll on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram that's going to be live uh, by the time you're listening to this. So make sure you go and vote for which uh, sports city that you think is better between these two. Um, Instagram and Facebook are both Sports Talk with Swag and Twitter is STWS Cast. Um, 
You can write in an email to sportstalkwithswag at gmail.com. Um, let me know your thoughts and uh, who you think is, is the better team here. Um, you can subscribe on uh, iTunes um, and Spotify and Stitcher and Google Podcasts and anywhere that you can think to listen to a podcast, you can find this this show. Um, Mike, where can the good people find you? Where can they get in, in, in contact and follow your life? Oh, God. Well, I'm on Instagram. M-A-G-U-S. And uh, I'm on Facebook, baby. Yeah. Come see me. Yeah. Um, Drop some comments. Let's fight. <laughs> Drop some comments on the, the two pictures you post a year. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> um, Infrequent, but always bangers. That's right. That's right. I have to fully agree there. Um, but other than that, um, that's going to that's gonna wrap it up wrap it up for us here uh mike i want to thank you for coming by and for defending your great city of dc and i think doing a a, a stand-up job <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure swaggy i'd love to do it anytime yeah we uh we'll see about maybe we'll have you and shaddy on for the uh for the next round as well to def- to defend dc against whoever their next foe will be see how well you do I'm, in the I'm elite eight it, Oh, man. Um, let's, let's, let's do it. For sure. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us here, guys. So uh, thank you again for listening, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Peace.